This is a Brain Bites episode. Each week, we share two things we learned the past week and how you can implement them in your life. So, let's get into it. Brain Bites episode six. Here we are, Sam. How's it going? Well, thank you, uh, my friend. Been a bit of a busy period in my life. How about you? Not too bad. Not too bad at all. Getting ready to suit up for golf. Shock. I feel like oh, I say that every single there we time. Go. <laughs> yeah, it's a weekly recurrence. Mate, you're in Canberra in Australia. How's am, that going? I'm I am in Canberra. I'm in Canberra and I'm a little bit cold, but excited to be spending some time um, with my partner's family, with her sister and, and their new puppy, which is really, really exciting. Well, I love it. And to be well, learning new things. Yeah, that's the idea, right? Which I hope you've had some time to, to learn something new so we can share it with obviously the Brain Tools audience. And so, Samuel, we always begin Absolutely. by asking, what did you learn? So, last week, I keep coming back to this idea of rediscovering things, but that's what learning's all about. And it's this context, concept of context-dependent skill learning. It's this idea that every time you learn something new, whether that be a specific skill for your job or how to do something, you learn it in the context that you discover it. So, if you learn how to do something on the computer, maybe you learn how to write emails on the computer in a specific browser your ability to do that is tied to that context, which means if you don't practice it outside of those contexts, it's hard to make that transferable. Yeah. I'm, I'm reminded a lot of like sport, right? Which is exactly. like you're at training, you learn a particular drill, particular skill, but at the end of the day, you've got to end up playing a game at some stage. So taking that model of context-dependent skill learning, like how does it work and what are some examples uh, you've seen? Well, the easiest example is if you practice – public speaking on your own, in your own room, and you practice and you practice and practice, but then you get up on stage and suddenly you, your palms are sweaty, you're nervous, there's a million people in front of you, your heart's racing, you can hear it beating in, in your throat, uh, which is closing over, and it's a totally different experience. And so the idea behind this is you form episodic memories when you practice a specific thing, um, and these are memories time to, tied to a period of time to an episode of time, but to form semantic memories, which is when you really wire in that new skill, that new thing you're learning, and you can use that anywhere, you actually need to repeat it over time, but you also need to repeat it in different scenarios. So let's take that public speaking skill, right? If you only practice public speaking to small groups, when you get to speak in front of big groups, you're going to be feeling completely different and you, you won't have that same context. So instead, you can practice delivering speeches uh, to groups of different sizes in different formats down the camera for videos, for example, or perhaps just uh, in, in small group settings to mix up those contexts. And basically the, the concept is once you learn something in a specific environment, even if that's your LMS at work, you just need to start practicing that in different environments in order to make it cross-transferable. That makes a lot of sense. And I, I just want to give you a shout out to your ode to Eminem. I thought you were going to go down that path and you said palms are sweating. I was like, this is no. going to be fantastic. <laughs> Not quite. But that, that, that I can relate to that more than anything because, as you know, having done you know presentations when I was um, doing Elevate mm -hmm. um, back in Victoria, it was very much, hey, here's a group of 35 kids. Psych, 200. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> and as you said, everything is magnified in that specific context. But particularly when it comes to any skill. A skill is very different when it's behind closed doors, when it's in a public forum as well. So for you, how do you use it in your life? So I'm thinking about it in terms of writing because that's probably the skill I use most in my work. 
And the idea is that if you practice just writing one thing, whether that's blog posts or social media posts or emails, um, then your writing skill is going to be really honed and refined for that thing, but it's not going to be very transferable when you get to other mediums. So basically what I do now is when I'm learning something or when I discover something new, I just try to use it in different environments. So I discover a new way to write something or a new writing technique or some practice. And I'll, I'll write an email with that. I'll write a social media post. I'll write uh, a blog post where I try to use that in different contexts to mix up that skill uh, across contexts and build that semantic memory and that semantic learning so I can use it anywhere. Um, and, if, and if anyone's listening and imagining how would I use this, well, it's really, really simple. Like whatever you're learning, just try doing it in different environments and then practice it over time. And that'll mix up the context and, and create that semantic memory that'll allow you to use it uh, anywhere across, mm. across context. So basically context-dependent skill learning, it's basically taking a skill you've got and making sure you're applying it in multiple contexts. That way yep. you are more likely to reinforce the initial skill, um, but also because you're exposing yourself to multiple environments. And it reminds me massively of that difference between near transfer and far transfer, which is like near transfer, I can do it in one context. Far transfer, I can do it no matter what the context. And that's when you start Absolutely. to become more of a, an interdisciplinary learner, but also you start to learn what is basically a transferable skill. So I'm a big fan. Yeah, and so that's what I rediscovered this week, and that's what I have been practicing in my own way, in my own contextual way. Uh, my question is, that's what I learned. What did you learn this week? Yeah, rediscovery as well, and it was definitely triggered by the, our episode with the great man Tanzel Ali, which you know I read, mm. listened back to, and what a gem of a human being. If you haven't listened to that one, please go check it out, episode 29, Building Your Memory Toolkit. But one line really stood out to me when we were going through it. And he basically, a four-time memory champion saying that understanding is the cornerstone of everything that he does, not just these memory techniques. And I went into that being like, oh, what are all these awesome memory techniques we can learn to improve our memory? And like the big takeaway yeah. he said was understanding. And I think the quote that I was reminded on that I used to say in seminars was, "If you can't," by Albert Einstein, is if you can't explain it to a six-year-old, then you don't understand it well enough. And there's this fundamental difference between knowing something and knowing the name of something. And so the tool that I rediscovered that I was using at school that I haven't used for so long was actually the Feynman technique. The Feynman technique? Ooh, what's that? Yeah, actually, I do, I, sorry, I'm being a little bit blase. I know what that is, but could you explain it? <laughs> oh, of course. I was about to say, mate, you are, you definitely use this one. I'm all but, over um, it. Uh, Feynman, Richard Feynman, Nobel Prize winning physicist, arguably one of the best physicists of his time. And he basically was such a curious fella. Um, and if you haven't read the book, surely you're joking, Mr. Feynman, highly recommend it. But basically the technique is if you don't understand something, then you need to actually teach it to actually understand the gaps in your understanding. And so yeah. it's really simple. You basically select a topic. So for you, Sam, it's writing. For me, it might be public speaking or whatever it might be. But you select a topic and then you teach it to someone or you pretend to. And in teaching someone, you yourself will recognize whether you're on a highway going 120 kilometers an hour, everything's making sense, or you're literally encountering a speed bump every two seconds when you actually fall over your understanding. And once you do that, you identify the gaps and you review your explanation and you try again. And if you're actually with another person, we do this together a lot, mate, is like we teach it, you repeat it back to me or I repeat it back to you. And then we actually quiz each other to say, hey, did that make sense for the episode? Did it not make? And what is really important with this is it increases the flexibility and the durability of your understanding as you can, to your point of context, skill-dependent learning, you can explain it in more than one context. Yeah, I love the fireman technique and I love that idea of 
explaining it to someone else or teaching it to someone else because it uh, identifies those gaps in your knowledge. Um, and it's kind of correlated to that idea of that curse, the curse of knowledge or the inverse of that, um, where we think we know more than we do. How would you use that or how have you used that after discovering it? Yeah, so I two contexts I can give. One was when I was back at school. And so, yeah, I had heaps of friends clearly. But I used to go to an empty classroom um, when I was studying for like exams and stuff like that and pretend that I was teaching a class. That's going to seem like the weirdest thing in the world because people would trash, literally walk yeah. past me and be like, who's this insane idiot that's literally explaining to no one? But I'd have a whiteboard marker. I'd have stuff and I'd be writing stuff on the board like a class. And it was that whole idea of the Feynman technique where I was explaining something to a group of people that didn't exist, but it was multimodal. I was using all the senses. I was more likely to remember it in that process. And I think that was the first one when you're studying for any test or exam. Don't just sitting there with rote learning, actually being more creative and being more, I suppose, useful with the information. The second one is that when you read a podcast or a book, um, which is do a five-minute summary afterwards, you know, record it via voice, voice notes so you actually understand what has been heard. I think that's the classic case of, you know, you think you're downloading all the information and then when you try and actually explain it, you think you've got it, but you really don't. And so I think those are the two contexts whenever. But basically, the principle is if you're learning information, use it, try and explain it. And if you can't, that means then you need to go back and really rework your explanation. Yeah. So you're saying basically find opportunities to explain whatever you're learning or this concept uh, to yourself, even uh, after you've learned it in order to solidify that knowledge. And that's how you apply the Feynman technique, whether or not that is in a classroom just on your own. Correct. Or you just start your own podcast like we've done. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit of Feynman. Um, the other thing I really liked about the Feynman technique, and, and you probably do this as well, is his idea of teaching to a six-year-old. Yeah, totally agree. Mine was my dog because I didn't have friends. <laughs> yeah, fair. But even that notion of taking a concept that's made for adults or really, really complex, e.g. neuroscience, and then teaching it as you would to a six-year-old and explaining it to a six-year-old, I think really forces you to come to terms with the knowledge and explain it in a way that's really, really approachable, which means you actually have to be able to understand it to do so. Absolutely. And like, as we've spoken about, that's the, the use of fire analogies, right? If you're speaking to a six-year-old, they have no idea what some of these definitions mean, but they definitely know what cake is. They definitely know what mm. a basketball is. They definitely know all these yep. things. So how can you relate what you're, you know to what they know, create the connection and use the Feynman technique? Absolutely. It's just tying uh, new information to what's already existing in their brain, which makes it much easier for them to, to comprehend. So that's great, great little brain bite for this week. And that's pretty much us done, done so for this week. I reckon really focused on learning today and then we'll be back for brain bite seven soon. We will. And we'll also be back with uh, some new brain tools next week. Exciting new episode coming out uh, on confidence. So be tuned, stay tuned for that one. Look out for it. Be a really good one. Some really interesting neuroscience around that. And as always, if you are loving the podcast, uh, feel free to give us a review on iTunes, um, share it around. That's the other thing that really, really helps if you can share uh, a, a link to the podcast in your WhatsApp group or in your messenger chat or wherever to other people who might enjoy it as well. But apart from that, that's me done for this week. And that's me done as well. Bye for now. See ya.